All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you're tuning in, for those of you who have been here before, hi and welcome back. For those of you who are new, hi. Uh, I'm Nicole, and as my channel says, I'm a former fatty uh, turned certified nutrition coach, and I'm just spreading the low carb message. And today, I have the pleasure to talk to Pim. And for most of my followers, I'm sure you're familiar with Barquet. This is that's how I came across her channel. Um, so she is a um, Addic sugar addiction and carb addiction coach. Um, so I'm a recovering sugar addict. Most of my clients are. So I'm super excited to talk to her about her story and um, how she works with clients and what she's doing now. So without further ado, thank you for joining us and taking the time. Well, thank you so much for asking me to come on. I love being on other people's channels because as I said, it's really exciting. There are always new questions and I get to explore topics that I might not really have thought about myself. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm super excited. Um, as I stated, I'm a former sugar addict. addict. I didn't even know I was until recently, actually. I know I had a problem. I just didn't know the level of the problem until uh, recent. So I'm sure we'll dive a little bit into that. So to get us started, um, why don't you just explain a little bit about your about your background um, and and we can just kind of go from there. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a sugar addict myself, always been for as long as I can remember. Um, if anyone has heard my story before, like I don't have a lot of memories from when I'm a kid. I don't think it's because of any childhood trauma or any such thing. I, I just don't have very good memory, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it just stretches a few years back. Um, but I do remember glimpses here and there, and I think I was about six, and I... My mom is a real night owl and I used to wake okay. up earlier in the morning than her. So she would sleep until noon. So it wasn't hard to wake up early compared to her. And I knew where she was hiding the cookies in the cupboard and I would climb up there and I would check every morning or quite often anyway, because I knew where she was hiding them. And if there were cookies there, I would just steal like a couple. And I don't think she ever noticed, which is so strange. And the funny thing is that she watched one of my interviews on um Sean Baker's channel and she was like no I didn't know <laughs> wait you were six and you were climbing up on the counters no the chair the the, the, the cupboard was above the fridge so oh, it was okay. just like I could just about reach it but I knew kind of where she was hiding it and I think she was hiding it because if I knew where it, it that we had cookies or it was you know visible then I would just be yeah. nagging her ears off so she didn't want to go through that and she wouldn't get the cookies so that's kind of my first memory that I have from like disordered eating, if we want to call it that. Like that's yeah. a little bit strange that I had to do that every morning was like a compulsion to just kind of go and check if I thought yeah. that she had them. Especially at that age, that's so young. Yeah. And especially in the 70s. Um, because most kids at that time they they probably didn't have a problem not not the way that I had it and I remember it was like we had one or two fat kids in every class and that was it everyone yeah. else was you know skinny kids which was normal at the time and I wasn't actually fat I, I I wasn't skinny but I wasn't fat so it wasn't like obvious that I had an eating problem but I think it was just getting worse with time and I had two interests one of them was 
Uh, and this is also funny. This is also at a very, very young age. Um, I remember I had a friend. She moved away I, I, when I was nine, I think. And before she moved away, because she was a type 1 diabetic, I have found this. It was like a free recipe book with calories for every recipe that my mom had got with some magazine subscription or whatever. And I was fascinated with this. I was um, I was studying this and I learned like how many calories were in all the foods. And I figured out that I could eat this much candy and then I would be fine and I wouldn't get fat and cover like my basic need at, you know, at that sort of age, which is a yeah. little bit strange. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. How old were you at this point? I must have been older than nine, but I'm trying to think. Maybe she was just visiting me over the summer. Maybe I was about 10, 12, something like that. Damn, but I was a smart kid. I wasn't thinking about calories. <laughs> I was just shoveling food down my throat at that age. Uh, I was interested in all sorts of things. Uh, in animals, in food, in sports, luckily, which... Actually, then became my yeah became my yeah. career because I was a personal trainer and group training instructor and I was doing all the things and I think that probably prevented me from ever getting fat. Um, however, it didn't prevent me from feeling like shit and having joint pain and waking up in the morning and feeling like I was 150 years old. It was every yeah. morning. I was like, oh my god, my joints hurt, yeah. and it wasn't because I had dumps from exercising, but it was probably from the inflammation from the sugar and the inflammation from the exercise combined. And I was just like, oh, I need an hour before I'm kind of mobile, which is yeah, that's not normal for someone who is about you know 25 or whatever. But I, I thought I, at that time I was also, it was probably before I did my master's degree in nutrition because I had done the training to become a diet advisor. So I was even better at counting calories at this, this age and calculating, you know, the minerals and all the nutrients and making sure that I could do perfectly balanced programs for people which obviously didn't yeah. fucking work excuse yeah. me i hope it's okay to swear on your no, channel <laughs> i swear i swear, go back and watch my that vegan teacher on person yeah so wait Perfect. so so hold on lots of lo lots of questions already so <laughs> go you, on. you have a master's in nutrition mm -hmm. okay and then you said um what was what was it after that you went not registered dietitian but what was the other thing um, I'm a biomedical scientist as well. That's something that I did when I was a bit older, probably 20, 30. 20, I'm trying to think, 30. Okay. 30, okay. 20, no, 28, 30, something like that. So how, and I know this isn't what we're talking about on the channel, but I'm always fascinated about this because, um, so I'm certified in uh, nutrition and senior nutrition, so specifically 65 plus adults. And oh, cool. I don't know how you're, I'm sure it's the same. You're trained on the, you know, the dietary guidelines, you know, fiber, fiber doesn't benefit us. We can't digest it, but make sure you get your 25 to 35 grams of fiber <laughs> a day. You need fiber to be regular. If you have digestive issues, increase their fiber. So like, was that sort of like your training as well? Is that what you, they taught you in, in uh, college for your master's? Yeah, awesome. it was, um, I mean, I, I chose to study nutrition at university because I figured that something isn't working. I hadn't quite figured out that it was the macros just yet, but yeah. I figured that 
It must be something specific. So I wanted to study the the like the biochemistry behind it, and for some reason I imagined that I would get to do that, which I did because you can choose in the last year you can choose public nutrition or molecular nutrition. So I chose okay. to study molecular nutrition. So to some degree, but it's like this <laughs> cognitive dissonance. It's a disconnect there. It's yeah. you learn the the biochemistry, but then it's like we don't apply it because we're following the guidelines, which you will find yeah. in any mainstream fitness magazine. And I already knew all about it. So I was kind of really disappointed with what we were learning because it was like you were, they were teaching us to be little nutrition encyclopedias. But yeah, now we have a test here and you need to know all about the vitamins and minerals. And I'm like, why would I need to know that? I can just look it up if I think that someone has a deficiency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to know about the the mechanisms behind it because then we can correct it. And that's what I'm interested in. That's how I learn. I I I don't like learning um, facts yeah. because it, there's no point in it. I can look it up anywhere. What I want to fill my brain is with is the how. How does this work and how can we solve that problem so I finished my degree and after that I well I had a girl in my class she was doing um uh, at the Atkins diet at the time and she was the only one and gotcha. she was also the only yeah. fat one but it worked mm. for her so she kind of sparked that interest for me and the teachers was like yeah it, it works but you know it's dangerous <laughs> yes yep yeah I was taught that my train too keto keto bad like yeah yeah same same no, but I, she got me, well, she, indirectly, she got me to try it. And I'm like, this is oh. actually working and it takes away my cravings. This is great. Yeah. Until it wasn't anymore. Until I thought, yeah, I've solved the problem. I can eat some. And then obviously I fell back off again. And after that, it hasn't really worked anymore because it's not about that. It's the emotional aspect. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of myself. what I want to dive into. Um, so you started... So you started your master's program in nutrition. It sounds similarly to why I started. So I started because I wanted to, so I was fat. I was clinically obese and mm -hmm. I decided to get educated in nutrition because I thought, you know, I'm following the guidelines. I thought I was doing everything right. I was like, well, let me just get, get certified and get educated to help me lose weight. And everything I was taught was what I was already doing, but I was still ballooning. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just, it's just nice to hear that, you know, someone else, um, did it for the same reasons and didn't seem, seem to work, but I do preach a lot about emotional eating and the psychology behind it. Um, so I definitely want to get into that. So, but before we get into that, you did mention Atkins and yes. I know he was like shunned and people calling him crazy and he he didn't know what the hell he was doing and all that stuff. I guess he was ahead of his time. Um, mm. But you said it didn't work for you. So when you were following Atkins, were you still, um, ex you said the cravings kind of went away. So what what kind of happened? Did you just okay. figure you can try little things here and there and kind of live that way? Or what what happened? No, when, when I said it didn't work for me, it's so like I had this... I didn't, I don't think I had this idea before I tried it, but when I did do it the first time, the cravings went away and I found it really easy yeah. to not eat sugar. The problem was that I was also working uh, one evening a week and every other Saturday, I think, in like a, a bakery. <laughs> oh, geez, that's okay. <laughs> yes. 
so it was fine in the beginning when I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I don't have any cravings. But then it was like, yeah, well, I don't have any cravings. So, you know, there were some broken pralines and I'm like, yeah, I can have one. And I had one and it didn't trigger me in any way. And the next week when I came back, I was like, whoa, I could do it last week. So now I can have two. And then I had three and then I had four and I had all the broken pralines. And then obviously I was just back to there. And if we want to talk about what's actually happening in the brain is that like the first time, first of all, I believed that this is completely doable. This is the problem to my solution. It's working. And the physiological cravings had gone away and I just felt so good doing it. But then underneath all of that, that there might have been, you know, I mean, there is a reason for why I went back and actually had it is because I was probably suppressing those cravings and kind of pushing them away and they were not as strong as they used to be. So it was easy for me to do it that way and using willpower. And then when you give into it after having used willpower, the relief is just so much greater than it ever was that you create a new pathway, which means that whenever you're trying to suppress those cravings and then you give into them, it's just like, oh, this mega relief. And it's almost like a stronger craving to do that than previous cravings that you had to just eat. So I just made it worse. So now going on a low carb diet on its own would not take that away because that would just trigger those kind of cravings and that habit loop for me to complete and want to go and eat as a result to get rid of the resistance that I was building up over time. So in terms of getting rid of any cravings or suppressing those cravings, like low carb, high fat did not work for me ever mm. again as such. And having said that, since then, well, not quite since then, but almost, I, I mean, I've been keto-ish for about 17 years, mostly, yeah. but on, off, on, off, and trying to use keto treats to stay on track. That's how I'm I started. Yeah, it's it's not a good solution. It doesn't work yeah. trying to substitute because it does not taste as good. It's not satisfactory. It does not mm -hmm. satisfy those cravings. It just makes it worse. So the binges in between were just a lot worse than I had ever experienced before going keto mm -hmm. because I tried to convince myself that almond keto brownies are nice and when they're actually quite horrible. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard of those. I had the Reese's Cups. Okay, well, that's which aren't that better. good. Yeah. No. Okay. No. No. It tastes like <laughs> it tastes like peanut butter dirt. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll just believe you. I I try yeah. to bake all sorts of things, but you know, almond flour. It tastes of almond flour. I don't want almond flour. I want sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just got back from vacation. Uh, I was on a cruise, and the first day. So I've been um carnivore ish. Um, so for the last like seven or so months and yep. I was like I'll just have the molten lava cake which is warm cake with you know gooey fudge that melts out and then cold ice cream I'm like I'll just have that on the first day and then I'll be good the rest of the week <laughs> so I had the cake and then I had another dessert one of the other days and I bought a whole bag of chocolate and I get back from the cruise and I ate a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream I'm not bragging it's disgusting and I felt like oh, crap I've done that afterwards. many times. Yeah. So it's not it's not a brag, but it was good. But yeah. it took me about a week and a half almost to get myself back on track because my cravings were through the roof. I was eating all of the things, like all of the pints and all of the things if my husband comes with candy, I don't eat mm -hmm. his damn candy. So I had to 
I don't know how I got myself back, but I think it was what you described. It was, I was using willpower because I have pretty good willpower and self-control because I've been working on it for the last however many years so I can control it. But this showed me that it has more of a handle over me than I initially thought. So how do you get over something like that without using just willpower? Like, okay, I can resist the urges. So how do you not play the resist the urge game? Right. So if anyone wants to learn this more properly, I actually have a free course that I call Food Freedom Foundations that people can sign up for. Um, But I'll talk you through it. So there are like three steps and that's all about recognizing like your your habit loop that is going on there because when, when a habit loop is just a series of events that always happen in response to each other and it's very pleasurable for the brain to finish it because it knows that at the end of finishing that habit loop there will be a reward which is in form of a lot of dopamine being released in the brain and we know that any type of processed food will release quite an amount of dopamine which is way more than any natural food ever would be that's why it feels so damn good to eat you know Mm -hmm. cheesecake and donuts Mm -hmm. so it always starts with a trigger and the trigger can be like anything so we're building awareness around the triggers so that could be walking into a supermarket you smells you know baked goods or even like hearing a sound that you might associate with oh I, I used to eat ice cream near the I don't know, near the ferry and the ferry would kind of boo-doo or whatever. And you hear that, then you might associate that with yeah, <laughs> with ice cream. Like whatever it is, something might trigger it. And all of a sudden you just notice that I want ice cream or I want something. And so we start with just noticing what the triggers are, because it's kind of important that you know what those triggers are so that you can anticipate what's coming next. Yeah. And if you go on YouTube and you sort of search for habit loops you will not get the next step which is Mm -hmm. the thoughts so I've added that because those are very important as well when you get triggered you will always have a thought and we don't really usually explore what's going on up there we just like ignore the thoughts because we have 60,000 thoughts a day so we can't pay attention to all of them and these are just like meh why should I? I'll, I'll go just go and eat the cake. I don't need to pay attention to it. So we want to bring the attention back to that. And usually it's super simple. It's something like, hmm, I want ice cream. It's not this complicated thing that we might think that it should be to entice yeah. us to go and eat it. It's just really, really simple. And as a response to that, you will have a body response. So some people like to call it like vi- a vibration in your body. I don't really vibe with the vibration thing, but yeah, um, it's I, I call it more like a sensation in the body. But it comes from from the thought that you have, rather than the sensation you get if you you know bash yourself on the finger with a hammer or something that's different. And for me, it's I'm like a Pavlov's dog. I start to salivate. Definitely, it's it's all here in the jaw. I get tension in the jaw. I salivate mm. and then I can feel it the whole way where the food would go down like it's kind of a buzzing feeling and that's what wow. a craving actually is that's that's all it is so what I have my clients do is pay attention to this and let that sensation in the body just be and observe it because mm. if you can let it be there and you be it can be okay with just experiencing it and feeling it there is no need for you to go and eat anymore. 
what we want to do when we go and eat is that we want to get rid of that feeling that is coming, like get rid of the salivation. We want to stop this. It's a little bit uncomfortable. So we just sit with that feeling um, for however long you want to do it. I am probably one of the lucky ones in a way, although it frustrated me in the beginning because when I do it, it goes away straight away. Hmm. And I was like, if it goes away, how am I going to practice it? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Which, yeah. So that, that's not really a problem because if it goes away, I still get the result that I want. But some yeah. people, unfortunately, they like, well, I've been sitting for 10 minutes and it's still there. I'm like, sorry, but you have to do it. In that case, you can sit with it for a couple of minutes and then it doesn't matter if you actually go and eat anymore because what you want to do is that you want to practice the behavior of just allowing yourself to have that feeling and not eat as a response to it and that starts building a new neural pathway so even if you go eat after you're still building the new neural pathway and when you've been practicing this behavior enough it's like you're learning to bike then you know how to do it and you won't have to think about doing it it's like now I can still notice that I have thoughts sometimes. It's like, oh, I wonder what's in the cupboard. And I'm like, eh, I'm not even hungry. I, I'm, I'm surprised yep. that they're still there, but they still come by. Mm -hmm. But I'm not emotionally connected to them anymore. So my, my automatic response is just like, okay, we just feel it and that's fine. But I can still notice those thoughts sometimes. So when I say like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if the cravings as such or those thoughts can go away permanently. But what I can tell you is that they don't have to be a problem. <laughs> like I believe yeah. that you can get rid of cravings the way that you experience them today. But the thoughts are probably still going to be there because our brains, especially like the reptilian brain, it's there to favor your survival. And it will always believe that anything that will give you a lot of dopamine is going to be good for your survival. So it will try to do anything and it will look for trouble as soon as you don't pay attention, it will just do whatever it can to to mess your life up. And yeah, it's not not because it wants to be mean to you. It's just because we live in a society that is not natural for our biology. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And and my brain definitely took care of me when I was a pint into my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. It definitely did yep. take care of me. It <laughs> did make me feel good. It's like oh, <laughs> relief. <laughs> I felt like yeah. shit the next day, but at the moment it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so let's rewind. I know we kind of got, got ahead because you said a lot of good stuff that I really could relate to. So I'm trying not to get super excited. Um, but it's okay. But you said that you, it, I'm sure it took you a while to do this. So you worked in the bakery and you kind of relapsed. Um, oh God, yes. Whatever you, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. So so how did you get yourself back on track um, in the in this in that exact moment? Because I'm sure you didn't know then what you know now. Um, yeah. So how how did you get yourself back on track and get out of that? Um, the same way that everyone does it, I think. Willpower, just trying to, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do it. And then, yeah. you know, failing it for three weeks in a row before I actually did it. But at some point I just... Sometimes I actually went on an intentional binge so that I would be so sick of the sweet taste that I would just be put off by it the next day. It didn't always work, but I thought like, if I just like stuff myself, I'm just going to feel so sick that my I don't want it anymore. And that's how I can get started, which is like really disordered thinking. But 
it, it was a struggle. It was just on and off, on and off, on and off all the time. And, you know, sometimes the off cycles were for several months because I just couldn't get my shit together. It's like, it's too hard to restart again. Once you got started and you kind of got through the first week or so, it usually felt a bit easy because then your blood sugar is balanced and your insulin yeah. is more balanced, etc. But to kind of push yourself over the edge and actually do it, that was, I, I don't have any tips. That's why like, I don't believe that it works to use willpower. The, you need to deal with the emotional component. If, I, if you are okay with feeling uncomfortable with your emotions, you're going to be okay to work through it. I wasn't. It was like, no, the cravings are too strong. I really need to eat. There's no way I can do this right now. I just need another binge. I just need another tub of Ben & Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. I cannot say goodbye to that just yet. Like, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it sounds so stupid, but I know that anyone who's been in the same situation, they understand what I'm talking about. It's just this, yeah, I just need one more. Like, I need to fill up so I last or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sick when you think about it, but... Yeah, man, that's what I was doing for several years. And sometimes mm. I could maybe do keto for several months with yucky keto treats. And I even, you know, I hate dark chocolate. And still I went to buy this 85% dark chocolate. Ew. And I ate several squares and I didn't enjoy it at all. But I was like, at least it's chocolate, <laughs> which is also quite sick. Well, yeah, once you get to 85, my husband bought 90% dark chocolate. I was like, oh, why? Fuck. I know. I tried it and I spit it right out. It was disgusting. I'm like, this is not chocolate. (laughs) At that point. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's not chocolate. Nah, it's not good. (laughs) No. So uh, most people, I believe, are, uh, like you say, like carb addicts and and all that stuff. I believe that 100% um, that that we are as just a society. Um, And I also believe that a lot of us are emotional eaters. That was my problem. And I had a question that I'm wondering what your response would have been that is, it'll be interesting to get your take on this because I didn't know really how to respond in the moment because I was an emotional eater and I was, I had a sugar problem, which I knew I'm not going to get to 200 pounds at five feet short and not have an issue. But Mm -hmm. he said, this person said, "Um, I don't understand why it's so hard. Just stop eating put the fork down and step away from the table. Why are people obese and why why are people fat? Just stop eating. It's not that hard. And I said, well, it's more complicated than that. Like some people, like I was one of them, like had a hard time stepping away from the table. So what would your response been to that? Because it was, it kind of took me back a little bit and I I really didn't know how to respond in a respectful way in the moment because it just struck me as kind of borderline, just rude. A little bit but what would your response have been to to that um i mean it is that hard because it's such a, a used like well-thread um neural pathway in the brain that someone has been using daily probably for i mean i don't know for me it was you know 35 plus years probably and i mean as far as habits go how are you going to stop a habit that you just do without thinking about it? It's going to feel really, really uncomfortable to doing it. And for some people, I mean, a lot of the time when it comes to emotional eating, there is some childhood trauma in the background. And I believe that everyone has some childhood trauma pretty much. Now, trauma is like a spectrum. 
you don't have to have been, you know, abused or anything like that to have childhood trauma. It could just be that you perceived yourself to not have your needs met, right? So for me, that might have been, um, I'm just making something up here that could have been a scenario because I don't know, I haven't really explored it. But as, as you know, I like to eat. I loved toast with butter, just butter and toast. Uh, I could eat it all day long and I was always hungry. And if there was like dinner on the the stove that my mom was cooking and she was like, yeah, well, we're having dinner in 45 minutes. And I'm like, I'm hungry now, you know. And she was like, you can't have anything. And I might have perceived that as, you know, she doesn't love me or whatever, then I could experience trauma. So it could be something simple as that. And my mom didn't mean anything with that. She just didn't like cooking and she definitely didn't like if I wasn't going to eat her food when she was going through the top yeah. of cooking, which I can understand as an adult. But a kid, well, I don't need your fucking food. I want toast. <laughs> so it's like this disconnect and kids just interpret things the way that kids interpret things. And maybe maybe that affected me. I don't know. And maybe that's why I started kind of hiding food. Like I, I would go even like when I had my own money, I would go and buy lots of chocolate. I would go and hide it in my drawers and eat them in my room. I wouldn't go out and eat it in the flat when my mom could see me, for example, even though it was my own money, my own chocolate. Like, I don't know if she would have cared, but just that behavior is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you have like a trauma, then you will start doing strange things. And for some people that might mean that they're eating maybe you grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of food, for example, and when there was food, you were forced to eat as much as you could because you never knew where your next meal was going to come from. Then that's kind of kind of almost hardwired. It's, it's like a behavior that you have had to protect yourself from your kid. Or some, especially females that have been sexually abused, they will eat so that they're fat, so that no men will look at them. They think that that's a protective mechanism. They don't actually have those thoughts, but their subconscious mind will perceive it that way. And then it's very, very threatening to stop eating. And that will feel like a death, uh, like a life or death situation. So it will be really hard to put that fork down. And when they start losing the table, weight, yeah. it's like, whoa, hang on. Someone looked at me, now I'm going to go home and eat. Like, yeah without having the thoughts. So it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is unless you actually know what is going on. But at the root of it, it's a very, it's a behavior that you have had for a very long time and you practice it. And when you're not following through with this habit loop, you're going to feel really uncomfortable. So then it comes down to, are you willing to feel uncomfortable in order to not eat the food? And if you don't know how to do that, the answer is most likely gonna be no. <laughs> Because... And most people can't, and most people can't yeah. feel uncomfortable. Exactly. And that's why they continuously go and satisfy their cravings. So they don't have to sit in discomfort anymore. And they can just satisfy whatever's going on and move on with their life. Exactly. And that's much easier. It feels good to eat exactly. it. Then we're done. We don't have to deal with that until yeah. tomorrow again. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. I have my husband, not low carb, because I would never ask him to do that, but he, um, he cut his carbs. And yeah. he did, he was on a plane last night and he told me that he ate the whole bun because usually he just like eats half the bun. At least I got him to do that. He's like, Nicole, I ate whole bun, <laughs> like the whole hamburger with the bun. And he's like, I got really, really tired afterwards. I don't know what mm -hmm. happened. I was like, yep. 
I was like, what goes up must come down. Your blood sugar crashed after soon after you ate that bun. But it's it's amazing, like just how food has an effect on you, no matter what your diet is, how much of a role your food plays in your emotions. Um, a hundred percent plays a role in how you feel. And I don't think yeah. people just realize the level that food really affects you, whether it's positive or negative, it has a true, true effect on, on you, um, on, and your emotions. hundred percent. That too. Yeah. That's why I'm for a low carb diet of any sort. I'm not, you know, I'm not hundred percent carnivore. I, I would like to be able to be, but I, I have some issues with that. Um, so I can't, uh, but you know, I don't eat a lot of carbs and it just makes me feel better. And if you want to take the edge of the cravings, at least you don't have to have the physiological cravings when you're low carb. So it's like maybe halving it, halving the problem, <laughs> like you get rid of half of it and then you just keep the emotional problem. And yeah. Those are the people that I usually work with as well. Okay. People that want to be mostly carnivores actually but they say they want to be carnivore but i don't think i have many people that are actually 100 carnivore they're just striving towards it and then they're like, well i want to keep that and keep this and that you know yeah and, and that's fine i mean that that's not a problem as such and i think just learning how to deal with the emotional aspect you you can actually eat any diet you want i mean i work with low carbers because i am one myself but you could eat a standard American diet sort of without the sugar if you wanted to and learn how to do that. You're yeah. probably not going to feel great because it's not <laughs> the best diet on earth, but you can still learn how to handle it no matter what you're eating or if you're vegan or whatever. Yeah, I call it put your thoughts on trial. I actually went to therapy, <laughs> which kind of helped solve solve the problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it kind of sounds similar to putting your thoughts on trial with what you're describing like mm. you you have these thoughts and you just write down your thought like so I would literally write down my thought not my feeling my actual thought and then mm. I would act as the the uh prosecutor defense attorney judge and jury Perfect. all those things and you literally just go through the exercise like what's your thought I want that cookie okay or I think this person hates me so that was my that was one of my triggers like just not feeling good enough which is most people but that was my thing. So I would literally say this person doesn't like me. I'd be like, well, they could just be having a shitty day and all this stuff. It's really not me. I did nothing wrong. So that was kind of the point of it. Yeah. Um, so it sounds kind of similar to what you what you described with with training your training your thoughts and sitting with your thoughts and all that. That kind of sounds similar. Is that accurate? Is that kind of what you were getting at a little bit or is it a little different? Yeah, I mean. At the, at the root of it, the most important thing is that you can process your emotions and the craving is an emotion so that you can just be okay with having it. So that's, that is what I would say is the basic skill that you need because that will always protect you no matter what else is going on. The thoughts, we do work on that as well, but we don't start there because it's not as efficient. But okay. I, if you are thinking like, oh, yeah, I just need to have a cookie in the evening because that's the only way that I can relax. Then, you know, we look at the opposite. Like, how is that not true? How is it true that you actually don't need it? And how is it true that having a cookie in the evening is actually doing the opposite in your life? And just making the brain aware of how you are making up all of this bullshit in your brain to try and convince yourself to have that cookie. And we look yep. at what's actually true here so we do do a lot of that work as well but we don't start there because I don't like overwhelming people when 
too much is happening at once, it, usually nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, where yeah. failure comes. Yeah. I so like that, it. that's kind of the next step. But if you can just be okay with feeling cravings without reacting to them, you you could stop there. Like you don't have to go further, but um, you probably want to because it's much more pleasurable if you believe that the cookie isn't going to do anything good for you rather than every time having to deal with the craving and like, oh, yeah, I know if I just had this cookie, I would feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's a slippery slope. That's Oh, yeah. 100%. So, so I mean, what, what were you thinking when you had that molten lava cake? Oh my god! Like, yeah, I, I'll just have one well, dessert, and I'm going to start with yeah. that because I'm here. Oh. <laughs> my downfall was: Have you ever heard of a Miami Vice before? No. Okay, it's incredible. It's so <laughs> bad for you, but it's incredible. It's half pina colada, half strawberry daiquiri in one okay. drink. Well, so, okay. Pure sugar. I mm -hmm. know, but I was yep. on vacation. I was like, I'll just have. I'll just have fun. So that's how I started my vacation. Went right to the bar. Um, yeah. So I think that was my downfall. But I was I thought I can control it. So I really wasn't thinking because I've controlled it up until that point. But I really wasn't. I really didn't have any other thought going through, honestly, except for I think I got this. I was like, I got this. Yeah. So I had started with the Miami Vice. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have this cake and I'm going to stop there. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I got this. <laughs> Then the next day happened and the person on the cruise because they always ask for all three courses your appetizer your dinner and your your dessert mm -hmm. for the most part i said nope i just wanted a slab of meat and and uh i always got a, like a low carb beer and that was it but then i was like just do this apple they had this warm apple thing i was like i'll do a dessert i didn't have a dessert for the last couple of days i'll do a dessert so that's kind of how i manage it but it was it, it kind of went downhill from there like the first day started with the sugary drinks and then the cake. And then I think a day or two later, I had the apple dessert. And then there was this chocolate store. Chocolate's my vice. So there mm. was this chocolate store and I just filled out my bag. I was like, I'll just do one or two of each little thing. And I was like, I'll just spread it across the, the vacation. The rest of the week, I'll just have like one a day. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I was sitting on the bed, watching movie, just shoveling it in my face. And my mom was like, Nicole, what are you doing? I'm like, leave me alone. I'm fine. Then I ordered a pizza. <laughs> And then, it was a shit show <laughs> a whole bag of candy i ordered a freaking pizza i ate all of the slices i gave my mom one so i ate four slices of pizza <laughs> i was like oh my god this is a shit show and then uh. i came home like two days later and that's when i had the pint of ben and jerry's eyes it was a shit show so mm. the moral of the story is i didn't have it that sounds like me and the pralines <laughs> yeah it was so bad yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that you you did it the first day and you're like, I got it. And then you yeah. had some control and then you, you get hybrids and you're like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I um, got cocky. No. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. and that, yep. that always happens. I believe that this is part of the healing process, though. I don't think you can do without it. I think most people, they need to have those downfalls so that they can learn what they what didn't work for them. And so... For anyone who's going through this process, I don't want you to judge yourself when you're falling off the wagon. I mean, I can't even, I, I don't even know how many times I've fallen off. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot than most of my clients. Um, so it's just like, okay, use that when you fall off, like use that failure and really look at what went wrong here. What What was it that didn't work for me? And the next time you're in the same situation, you have already thought it through so that you know, like, okay, 
Last time I did this, that did not work. So now I'm going to try this instead. And you already know when you get there that, okay, I'm going to take a different approach. We'll see if it works. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then we have to come up with a third solution. And it's just a, a very logical way of working through the problem and learning from every time you're failing so that you don't have to do it again. It's when we stick our head in the sand and we're like, oh, yeah, I failed. Oh, well, let's not talk about that. Let's just start over yeah. again. You're not learning You'll start anything. on Monday. You'll start on Monday. Yeah. The question is just which Monday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the next one, most likely. Stop. Well, yeah, that, that was pretty bad. That was like the worst of it was I ate the whole bag of chocolate and then I ordered a pizza the same night. Like I was just on the bed, just shoveling food in my yeah. throat like that night. Um, usually I'm able to control it. Usually I do have chocolate, uh, not mm. the keto stuff. I do have real like chocolate because yeah. I know if I don't incorporate that in my diet in some way, I will eventually binge, you know, like I did on the cruise. I will eventually binge because the cravings will take hold of me because I can't, I live with my husband. He eats chocolate. He eats that stuff. I go out to eat. People are eating dessert. It's in front of me 24 seven. So I do, I'll have like, if the serving is like 12 pieces of whatever, I'll have like three or four. And then usually I'm good. Like I yeah. I'm good, but I don't know what happened in that moment, but kind of like you said, you learn from it and I take this downfall, I guess, like I got it, but I didn't have it, dude. But I took the downfall and like, holy shit, I, I truly am addicted. I, it, the light bulb never went off. Like I never would have called myself an addict. Like I knew yeah. I had a problem. I knew I loved it. I knew I ate a shit ton of it when I was a kid, but I yeah. never would have called myself an addict. Like I never would have, but I got home from the cruise. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm a fucking addict. I'm a fucking sugar addict. And I, yeah. I had that conversation with my husband. I was like, I cannot eat these foods ever again, because apparently it has a control over me right now. Maybe that'll change, but I'm like banishing Miami vices. All that <laughs> so the next cruise I go on, I'm just sticking with the low carb beers and that's safe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Oh, there's so many things that you said I want to pick up on. It's first of all, addict. I mean, I, I have labeled myself sugar addict because that's how I have identified what was going on. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't think there is anything, any such thing as an addict. I, I, I think it's hmm. just the, uh, the neural pathways that we have chosen to use frequently and that will get like we'll get that huge reward. So um, I don't know how familiar you are with what is actually happening in the brain, but when you release yeah. a lot of dopamine, the receptors mm -hmm. for the dopamine, is, they're going to be downregulated so that you're not kind of over overstimulating the system, which means that you need to eat more and more of this to get the same reward. And that's kind of the, the addictive process when you uh, – building up tolerance and that's what they call addiction but it's all reversible it's not something yeah. that is permanent so i'm, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant to use the term hmm. even though i call myself the carb addiction coach <laughs> like, well i i guess alcohol like because you know they do the 12-step program and they do have hmm. overeaters anonymous and stuff for yeah. food because i work with clients who went through those programs but 
they say once an addict, always an addict and, and all yeah. that. So, so you're that. saying you disagree with that. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Okay. And the best bit, I'm going to share this with you now. Unfortunately, we were supposed to do an interview a few days ago, but he, he wasn't well. Uh, I found a guy in Australia. He's a counsellor and he's a former alcoholic, drug addict, like been abusing everything. Okay. And he's like, I don't believe in um, abstinence-based um, recovery. He can drink a beer or two beers being out with his friends and be done with it. And I'm like, I need to have you on my channel because I talk about this and people are like, yeah, okay, I can accept that when it comes to food. But if you're an alcoholic, then you can't just have one drink. I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I, I cannot be addicted to alcohol because it doesn't do anything for me. My brain is not a brain that can be addicted to alcohol. My my thing is sugar. And then I found him and I was like, I need to interview you. Please come on my channel. So now we're going to have to reschedule until July, I think he said, because he's going to be away oh, for a while as well. But I really hope that I can get him on because I think the message is so powerful. I don't want people to think that they are an addict for life because I think it's so disempowering. We're just putting ourselves in a cage, a different kind of cage where we have to avoid things yeah. to feel like we are safe and that we have some sort of control. I can eat anything I want to now, sugar or not or whatever. It doesn't bother me. I can have something, then I can stop and not touch it for several months again because I don't want to touch it. It And if, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I would be like, no, that's not going to happen. That's not me. It's <laughs> impossible. I have to stay away from it somehow. I need to get rid of these cravings and I need to ever, you know, I, I used to dream about, I don't know, what what do you call it in America? We had, in because I'm Swedish originally and we had this okay. show we called it Robinson Crusoe, but it's like the, they put a bunch of people on a deserted island. They have two teams and they have to just do all of this stuff. Survivor? Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. It's a little bit different, but sort of. Okay. And I'm like, I... I'm not someone who likes to be in the limelight. And I was like, I wonder if I should apply to that because that should take care of my cravings because I can't eat for a very long period of time. And all I would be given is- Oh, well, you're going like to be eating rice. Like, yeah, rice and coconuts. <laughs> and like, if you got one yeah. survivor, call me. I'll be your teammate. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, it was like I needed someone to put me on a deserted island so that I could not- actually physically get my hands on the food because I have no control yeah and I think it's the same thing when you're like okay now I have some sort of control so I can't even look at it and what you were saying you're like yeah I'm never going to touch that food again because I know what's happening if I'm having a my advice like yeah it really but that's not actually true you could actually retrain your brain so that you can have one and be okay with it and not let that lead down that road it's just that now you're building up that fear that it's going to do that. So you have a belief that you are going to relapse if you're doing it and you're scared of it and you you haven't learned how to process your cravings or your emotions. So you avoid doing that. You're like, yeah, I have great willpower. And if I just feed it a little bit of chocolate every day, I'm going to be fine. And in my opinion, that's fine. It's fine to do that. But but it is a crutch. It's not solving your underlying problem. Yeah. It's just taking care of what is happening, the outcome, the results that you're getting right now. And then we see what could potentially happen is what's happened when you went away last time. And yeah. then it's up to you. Like, do you want 
to continue doing that and be scared of that. If that's what you want to do, it's fine. I mean, it's not a problem for me, but now when I'm on the other side, I'm like so nice to know that I genuinely don't want it. For my birthday, we went out for a meal and I decided before we were going that I'm going to have whatever I want on that menu. I did have a burger, so I had bread that I normally don't eat. I looked at the dessert menu and I was like, I don't fancy any of these desserts. So I didn't even take the opportunity to have a dessert. And sugar is the thing that I have always wanted. And it wasn't out of fear of falling off or having massive cravings. I was just like, okay, if I get cravings tomorrow, I will deal with that tomorrow. I was prepared. (laughs) I knew that I might have cravings. I didn't have a single craving. I didn't feel bad. I didn't have a headache. I didn't have anything. It was like nothing. It was just a meal. And it's so nice to say it was just a meal. There was no emotions behind it. I had a good time. It tastes amazing. Yeah, for Um, sure. It was awesome. And then I'm back to eating my normal way. No big deal. Yeah. And that's what food freedom is to me, is that you get to choose what you want to eat based based on whatever reasons you have, really, unless it's cravings, then you're not really choosing. But if I want to eat because I want to be social, if I want to eat because it's my birthday, if I want to eat just because... I decided that that's what I'm going to do that day. Then that's a good enough excuse for me to do that. And I usually choose not to do that because I also choose to take care of my health and my health is my priority. So I'm only going to do it occasionally when it feels appropriate. And I'm not going to sit in front of Netflix and just stuff my face with chocolate and Ben and Jerry's ice cream (laughs) like I used to. Don't judge me. I think I think Oh no, me me and Cookie Dough, we have a special relationship. I think I think the kids these days call that Netflix and chill. Or do they mean that in a sexual way? I don't know. (laughs) Netflix and chill. Yeah. I'm too old, I guess. (laughs) In my forties, I don't know. So am I. (laughs) Yeah. So I I, no, I I hundred percent agree. I'm not sure what happened on the cruise and I'm not I'm not saying I'm never going to have those things again because I know I will. Because <laughs> yeah. usually I do have a handle on it. But yeah, I don't know what happened. I think I was just having a good old time. And then I got back and just, yeah, my cravings were through the roof. And I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't give myself time to sit with it. I kind of just kept kept going and going and going and going. So I guess I have some some things to still work on. It's just a process. And I, I say, you know, I'm I just have to get back on the horse and and keep going but for now i'm just going to stick with yeah. the low carb beer and and limit the sugar at least for now until i get back into the <laughs> into the into yeah. the groove and and get my mind right because that kind of i was like what in the hell I, I don't think you need to overanalyze it it's just yeah. the brain is is doing what the brain is supposed to do you you managed yeah. it this first night you're like relaxing and the brain's like hey we got an hey, opportunity yeah. here now we're gonna bring in the calorie and all our extra forces and we're just gonna go for it like that apple dessert is amazing we need to have it and you're like yeah it actually wasn't that good that was disappointing. <laughs> no, probably not yeah um so you said that you're not carnivore um and you're keto ish so what does your diet look like now um I mean, usually I I have egg coffee in the morning because I struggle to eat a lot of protein. So I have like four eggs, butter, coffee, okay. <laughs> bring whisk it together. That's my breakfast. 
And then oh, wait, you put have... the eggs in the coffee? What do you mean? Whisk mm -hmm. it together? Yeah. Oh, you have, so I have butter, eggs. Oh, egg? I need, I need, I have stevia in as well. Um, oh. So I, I whisk the eggs with a hand mixer and then I pour the coffee in. So it's like a coffee custard almost. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then I have a steak or, you know, whatever it is, usually some, a steak of some kind, because that's what I like most, and some beef fat on the side or garlic butter or something like that. And um, maybe three, maybe four times a week, I might have a plate of blueberries and Greek yogurt. So that's maybe 10, 15 grams of carbs. I mean, this is still keto, I suppose. Yeah. But if I go too low carb, like zero carb for too long, what happens is that I get headaches that don't go away and then lead into migraines. So it, when this is happening, when I feel that that is coming on, I usually boil some rice. I don't even like rice, which is okay. why it's perfect to have rice because yeah. it's not like not it's gonna not, do anything. I'm not going to over, overeat rice ever. I don't even have to think about it. And I don't want to, you know, do it with sugar. And I haven't even tried it and even know if that works, but yeah, I have about, 40 maybe sometimes 50 grams of carbs probably more like 40 and that just takes it away and then I'm fine mm -hmm. for another week or two and that's kind of how I'm cycling and it's just um, a matter of keeping my head um, feeling better so in okay. January last year I did I tried to do carnival for 90 days and I'm very stubborn but the last six weeks I had daily headaches fatigue and migraines and it took yeah. me over a month to get back to normal again after that so that was very painful and I couldn't work I, I mean I I couldn't stay awake I, I was feeling so shitty and I was like I'm gonna push through this because it's just about you know oh my God. being you really stupid for six weeks yeah and it was the last oh. six weeks of the 90 days so it wasn't People always, when I tell this story, they're like, oh, you, you just need to push through and it's electrolyte imbalance. And I'm like, no, I've been keto for like 17 years. It's not that. And I was doing okay in the beginning, but now it's like, it's like my body remembers it and it comes back much quicker. Huh. So um, I don't know what the problem is. Maybe it is a microbiome issue. Um, I mean, my brain is kind of toying with the different ideas because I don't think it's any of the normal things that people get when they having the keto yeah. flu or whatever. And I'm wondering if it, there is like after a period of time, there might be a die off of some sort of bacteria that just releases some toxins and makes me feel like shit or whatever. I have no idea what it could be. Or I've been, I was measuring my ketones on my blood sugar for a while. And it seemed to be when my blood sugar was going low, but it doesn't help to just raise my blood sugar up to normal after that, because I could do that with a teaspoon of yogurt. Like yeah. a teaspoon of yogurt is like two grams of carbs and it will raise yeah. my blood sugar from 70 to, you know, 78. Yeah. You don't need a lot. And so that didn't help. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure this is it. So I know there's a hormonal component. I'm much more likely to get it around my period, but that's not the whole truth either. Hmm. So I'm still working on that and trying to figure that one out. And it, I mean, I, I personally think that I could lose a little bit of weight. And the only way that I seem to be able to do it is going zero carb, but I can't stay zero carb. And it's more important for me to feel good than being, right. you know, at my ideal weight or whatever that would be. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm going to carry a few extra kilos and I'm cool with that until 100%. I can figure this out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't care. I'm too old to care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, uh, I'm similar. I'm not 
So I uh, interviewed with um, No Carb Life, and he pretty mm. much called me a carnivore when I described my diet. I guess I was lower carb than I thought. I just I just don't pay attention. But yeah. I'm the same way. I'll eat berries, like I'll eat strawberries, blueberries, um, because I I feel good doing that. It doesn't have you know a negative effect on me. But I feel yeah. better having those things. I do have Greek mm. yogurt from from time to time, and you know sometimes I'll have you know dark dark chocolate here and there but yeah for the most part i do eat some fruit um yeah. mostly berries and um i'll get the keto yogurt eat half the uh, half of a serving of it and yeah. me and uh one of our cats will just have yogurt <laughs> so i have to share or she won't yeah, leave course. me alone yeah so me and the cat will have yogurt we'll share um but that's pretty much what my carbs are sometimes i'll have green beans um tonight my husband and i went mm-hmm. out to dinner and well you don't like green beans no, uh, that's just being sarcastic. It's um, um, hand your hand your carnivore card in. You can't have green beans. <laughs> I have like, well, the carnivores won't agree with this. So I had a, uh, we we went out to dinner tonight, and um, I just had you know a hamburger patty with with cheese and um, and then chicken wings, and then I had a couple of my a few of my husband's fries. I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple of the fries, and you know, I just had a few fries, and that was it. So I'll yeah. dabble here and there. Like I won't restrict myself. So if he gets fries, sometimes I'll just grab a few and then that's it. So yeah. I'll dabble. I'll like eat off a couple things off his plate. So that's kind of how I eat. So that's why I don't call myself like really carnivore because I'm not that restrictive. And it doesn't sound yeah. like you're that restrictive either. You kind of just no. lose with it and just do what makes you feel good. Exactly. I mean, whatever my goal is to feel good my goal isn't to be 100 percent carnivore or anything yeah. else it's just like whatever i can do to feel good i'm gonna do it and yeah. i don't give a shit what the diet is and yeah. what label you're gonna put on me or what judgment you're gonna put on my youtube channel in my comments or whatever but yeah that's also why i'm being very transparent with it i'm like i'm not 100 percent carnivore because mm-hmm. if i say yeah i'm carnivore and then someone interprets that at 100 percent, and then they're gonna come and have opinions on my YouTube channel and then I have to explain it. So I just like, nah, I'll, this is how I eat. Suck it up. It's my choice. Yeah. You're <laughs> None low of your carb. business. I, I yeah. call myself like low carb. I'm like, I'm low carb. I'm primarily animal based, but I'm low carb. That's that's yeah. pretty much what I say. Yeah. So people how do like people... having opinions. <laughs> and <laughs> people like labels too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're not carnivore. You're not keto. What are you? Like, I don't know. I just eat I'm low carb. Exactly. I eat food, real food. Yeah. I I do the best I can. Um, So you mentioned your course. Um, Of Mm. course, I'll drop it in the, in the description, but how do people find you and what do you, what do you offer? You said you, you do, you offer coaching. Yes. So, I mean, I do one-on-one coaching still, but that's not primarily what I do. I have I have like a program, which is a lifetime program. You can join it and you have, you get like a course inside, which is it, it's six modules, which will teach you exactly how to do it, how to go through this practice. It will work on, you know, your, your reason for why you want to do it, because if you don't have a good reason, you're never going to stick with it mm-hmm. and like help you become the person that you want to be. But then we have like live coaching every week as well. So you can just jump on the coaching and you can get coached anytime. And you also get access to my private community where, where I will coach you like in, in text anytime you want it. So you can always get okay. help. Um, so that's kind of the major thing that I'm focusing on right now is building that community. 
and there's so many amazing people in there. And when you, I don't know, it, it's just this, I noticed. So <laughs> I started this program in November last year oh, and okay. everyone who joined, they just had amazing results. And I'm like, how is this, e this even possible? They had results so much quicker than my one-on-one -on -one clients. Huh. And I think it's because they joined knowing that I'm going to have to put the work in and I'm going to have to do this on my own. Like, it's my responsibility to do it. But when people hire me one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, yeah, Pim is going to take care of this. <laughs> and yeah. they just show up for the calls. Yeah. And they might not, not, I mean, some people do, but not everyone will do the homework. And they're like, oh, I forgot. Or, you know, they're not that committed. And they think that having a one-on-one -on -one coach is going to solve that problem, which it doesn't. So I, I find this so powerful to work in this way. Plus, I love coaching in group. It's so much fun to coach like three or four people in an hour and yeah. knowing that everyone on that call have a similar problem. So even if you don't get coached, because some people, they don't, they just want to listen and they get so much more from it almost than the person that is getting coached. Because when you listen to someone else getting coached and you have the same problem, you don't have that pressure on you that you have to answer to me. <laughs> Yeah. so you're actually able to absorb it and just like ah okay I can go and do this myself and you can just take that coaching so I'm I'm like I'm really into building this community and I want to okay. develop the community more over time do more things like zoom hangouts and all of that sort of thing okay I don't have a ton of people in because it's still quite a new program so but, you said I know growing. your coaching calls are are free um no, not normally. Okay. So I have okay. I have a free course, which is called yeah. Freedom Foundations, that you can sign up. It's like a mini course. That one is free. Okay. okay. And I do offer a 30-minute strategy call, which is just that. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. It's just yeah. to help you along the way. <laughs> That's yeah. a promise, um, which you can uh, request after you've gone through the course, if you want a little okay. bit of help to set up a plan. The other course is my paid membership, which is the okay. community, which I'm working gotcha. on a lot. Okay, so, so that's what you, you were just talking about. Yeah, so if you okay. want to move on from the free course and you really want to dive into this and you want to get my help to do it and you just want to continue growing, then you can move into that and get the help and the support, which is for life. You can attend okay. every week for as long as you or I live. <laughs> when I'm dead, I can't guarantee awesome. anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of creepy if you could. Yeah. Well, if I die, you can have your money back, I suppose. Like him <laughs> in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. No, so that's that's kind of my my little passion project because oh. I I'm a super introvert, but I love my community. It might sound a little bit counter uh, intuitive, but I think where because I get to talk to people and I get to invite people and it's like I invite them to my space and it's online and I can disconnect whenever I want to. It feels like good yeah. for me as an introvert. And I'm always having so much fun connecting with people. Like some of the feedback I'm getting from people is that it's, they find it just amazing to be in that environment because no one in their real life understands what they're going through. So just being around other people with the same problem and with a very similar diet and that just having that compassion and understanding for each other is so valuable. And I think that's what kind of one of the things that draws me to 
the community aspect and if you don't like community maybe that's not for you but if that's what you're looking for that's the kind of environment I'm trying to create and just finding a safe space where you can always come back so even when you're going through this on your own when you when you already gone through the program when you know how to do it and then like you you have a relapse you know exactly where to go to kind yeah. of get a little bit of coaching and support to just get back on track and then so that you can have a look at like what went wrong what can I do differently and how I'm going to handle this the next time and not be so dramatic about it it doesn't mean anything yeah. it was just part of the recovery process yeah and I like how you keep it real like don't be so dramatic and whatever yeah. like seriously that's important because a lot of people sugarcoat it and you do need someone to do real talk especially when you're going through something like that um you, you know there's a point where sugarcoating stuff it doesn't really benefit anyone so I do like that aspect how you just tell it how it is and you keep it real for sure it's very very yeah. helpful and needed and but with compassion, like we're all here, yeah. it's going to happen. Don't expect yeah. yourself to be like this unicorn that is not going to happen to because it yeah. will. And if it doesn't, let me know because I haven't met one of those unicorn yet, unicorns yet. And I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I identify as a unicorn. So the fact that you made that reference is kind of funny. So <laughs> uh, you also have a Facebook group. Um, is it still, is it so active? You do have a Facebook group yep. that you're, that you're running. Okay. I do have a Facebook group. I just trying to remember what I call it now. I call it food freedom for high achieving keto carnivores, um, rewire okay. your brain. Um, you're more than welcome to join it. Mostly what's happening in there. We do some Zoom hangouts on the weekends if you want to okay. join. We, but that is not necessarily for this purpose. It's just for the community purpose. We just hang out. We talk about everything and anything sometimes I mean some things I don't want to mention on here but I it where the conversation goes I have it's not within my control depends on what's in people's brains on that okay. day we talk about that actually anything sounds from, fun it is fun sometimes I'm crying because I'm laughing so we're, we're having a lot of fun I love that uh, hour that we have every weekend and I mean I post and I go live and all of that but I think what's most valuable in there is uh, the the swim hangouts that's what I really enjoy and we have so much fun people in there some people are some we kind of bully each other and <laughs> we're just being us which is really nice <laughs> so, so with with these with these calls because I'll drop all that information in the description notes you yeah. know because the, we're all a community so we can help help you help you grow your Facebook and you know your your group calls but when you do your calls on the weekends is mm -hmm. it because you're you're in New Zealand right yeah um is it East Coast? I think I saw on Instagram that you're doing something coming up East Coast time. So all are all of your calls geared around East Coast time? Um, yes. Yeah, so I do it at 8 a.m. New Zealand time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern time. So okay. on my Sunday, so Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time is the Zoom Hangouts. <laughs> yeah I don't know I just know I think you're 16 hours ahead so when I was trying to come up with this time I was like doing the mental math <laughs> yeah. to figure out what time it is I was like oh my god I think this is my brain Saturday can keep two you. time zones and that's eastern time and my time because I have so Perfect. many American clients that I just yeah I decided that I'm going to speak in two time zones <laughs> that's perfect benefit because because <laughs> right now it's Saturday for you yes it's okay so you're in the yep. future okay so you're yep. in the future cool i'm still in the past so i'm reliving yep. your yep. yesterday it's so wacky <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a weekend here already oh it's great 
Uh, yeah. But I think the the um, I mean, if you want to learn more about how to quit, etc., I have so many videos on my YouTube channel. And so, if you just enter the learning, you can go there or sign up for the free course. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're definitely a wealth of information. Like I said, I watched, I watched, of course, a ton of your videos before I reached out to you. Um, and I'm glad I stumbled across your channel um, <laughs> because, I mean, it's definitely relatable to me, to, you know, most of the people I help. And I think to most of the people living, especially yeah. in the United mm -hmm. States, I can only speak to. But, but I mean, your information is super, super helpful. And the fact that you do a lot of things for free, like the Facebook group and all these things, I think is incredible. Um, Thank you. And definitely thank you for doing that because it's definitely needed. Um, but I will drop all your stuff below. Um, okay. And do you, before we before we end uh, this chat, do you have any final final words of wisdom <laughs> that you want to impart on all of us before before we uh, end? Yeah, I think like if if you're someone who is trying to quit and you just feel like oh I don't know how to do it, it just feels like it's too much. Like let go of that pressure and just allow yourself to take the time to get to that decision because the worst thing that you can do is trying to quit before you're ready to quit because that will probably just lead to more failure, which will then reinforce the feeling of that I will never be able to do this. And rather just spend that time and explore, like why is it that you want to quit? Why is that important to you? And have a look at what is driving the motivation for you to quit. And if your motivation is just, I want to lose some weight, you need to dig deeper because that's never going to be enough. You need to see, okay, well, why do I want to lose weight? Why is it important for me to lose weight? What's underneath there? And there's always an emotion. And what I can say from like experience, most people will arrive at a place where they just want to be their authentic self. Like they feel like they're not being the person that, uh, on the outside that they are on the inside it's like they are working against their own values when they are overeating and they're not being true to themselves so that's usually where you arrive there are many ways of arriving that there and um, a lot of my clients are a little bit older than me they might be in the 50s or 60s and it's a lot about like I just want to see my grandchildren grow up and I want to interact with them I want to make their life better and that could be like a driver so have a look at what the emotions are behind it because there is so much more than just losing weight because actually like yeah we want to lose weight because we want to look good but why do you want to look good and it might be that yeah I want to be accepted by people or there there's always like an emotional aspect there that you probably want to explore so that would probably be like the best work you can do if you are not motivated to quit right now just explore that and that will probably bring that motivation forward for you yeah, we call that the six, what is it? The six levels of why. Just keep asking mm, the question yeah. why until you land on the true, the true yeah. reason. So that's kind of what that sounds like. Just keep yeah. asking why until you really get deeper. Cause initially your response is going to be surface level. Like you said, yeah. like I want to lose weight. And then you're like, why? Well, I want to look good. Well, why? And then if you just mm. keep asking why, eventually you'll get to the actual yep. true, you know, root reason of whatever yep. it is you want to achieve. That's a brilliant exercise. And I actually, uh, I didn't know about it when I created my program, but I have a bonus videos on the seven levels deep exercise that I ask all my clients to do as well, because it's it's outstanding. It's the best tool I ever used with any clients to actually figure out why. And it's not going to be perfect the first time you do it, but it doesn't matter. 
you can redo it over and over again, eventually going to arrive there. Or if you have a coach, ask your coach to help you because they can help you find like the meaning behind it that you might not be able to see straight away. Yeah. Cause it's hard because you have to have a certain level of vulnerability to get mm-hmm. that level of, of deep and get beyond the surface level. So it definitely yeah. helps to have, have a coach because yeah. yeah, it is vulnerable for, for some people or for most people it's vulnerable. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first time I was doing, I was probably lying to myself. I was like, eh, you know, don't really want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely, definitely. Thank you for, for popping on and, and providing the education and knowledge and, and just talking about a real problem that most people are having and probably don't even realize they're having it. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time. You're more than welcome. It was awesome. Thank you so much. All right. No problem. And again, I will drop all of her information in the description. So please do check out our Facebook group and of course her YouTube channel and all that good stuff. But other than that, stay tuned for future videos and have a happy and healthy day. Thank you.